had the best Christmas this year. I didn't have my son uh, the full day on the 25th, so um, so we did our Christmas Eve and Christmas uh, a day early, so the, the 23rd and 24th. So on the 23rd, uh, yeah, I mean, the house is, is decorated and we're, you know, having dinner and we're listening to Christmas music and watching Christmas movies and uh, every year on Christmas I get my son, uh, he's five, I get my son a new ornament and on Christmas Eve that he opens it and we put it on the tree. And this year, like he's been really into this character called Bendy, some animated character. He found the motherfucker on YouTube though. Um, but it's like a creepy little dude who kind of turns into like a, a weird ink demon thing at sometimes. I don't know. Um, so anyway, I got him uh, a little Bendy ornament and um, he's so pumped. Like he's just so excited. He's been talking about Christmas since probably before Halloween. And uh, so he's so excited. We do our normal routine at night, you know, after dinner, we brush our teeth, take a bath, read a book, we go to bed, I sing to him. And then when he goes to sleep, I'll get up. And usually that's when I'll like fuck around on the computer or take care of extra dishes or laundry or just sit there and stare at the wall for a bit. But then, uh, you know, that night it was like, okay, I got to get everything ready. So got all the presents, which were already wrapped, put them under the tree from Santa. And then I got him like a, a few toys, things that he had wanted. And then, you know, uh, some family sent him some stuff too. And then the big thing so we moved recently. Um, I'll get into all that. But we moved recently. So we're in this new place. And I opted like not to use the space that's kind of designated as a dining room as a dining room. Because it's just my son and I. And, you know, we're either going to eat. Like in this place, the kitchen is big and there's a, a counter we can eat at. Like, you know, like a, a diner counter. We can sit and eat. Plenty of room. It's perfect for us. Um. And if I really wanted to, I could put a uh, a small dining table in the kitchen. There's like a area that I could, I could th in theory, do that. So anyway, um, for the dining room, what I wanted to do a while back, I saw that they make these uh, Totoro beds, you know, the character uh, Totoro. So it's like a, a big mattress and there's a cover on it. It's shaped like Totoro and... It even has like a little pocket you can crawl in and like sleep in it. And it's amazing. Um, so I've been talking about it for a while, like since I think last year, maybe even the year before last. Yeah, it might have been like two years. And I finally pulled the trigger and I uh, got it sent over because, you know, it has to come from overseas. And then I also did, uh, my mom and I split it to buy like a TV for the room that I could mount on the wall so he could lay on the floor, watch a movie. Uh, the, the place we're in now is three stories. It's a townhouse. So the first floor, I guess technically it's four because there's a garage that's underneath. So then the first floor is just the living room. And that's where we got like our big couch and TV. And the second floor would be where that dining room area is. And then the kitchen and there's a laundry room and uh, like a half bath. And then the third floor there's two bedrooms and my office. It's a, it's a good, it's a good size place. So anyway, um, I wanted him to have like a space 
other than his room that he could play in and and especially like a play, he likes to be next to me when I'm cooking but it's like the kitchen isn't very comfortable so I wanted to give him a space that he could have in his own and plus like that's where he's been doing his online school and all that stuff so anyway I'm getting lost already it's been a while since I've done this hey welcome to the podcast welcome to Porb it's been fucking a long time um been meaning to get back but you know there's a lot going on as with everybody we'll get into that too so I set up the room I got the Totoro mattress I mount the TV to the wall I had put in like the mount a few days before and then just took it out so the holes were there screw it all in hang the TV mattress was there we had made cookies we made snickerdoodles this year for Santa excuse me I was gonna do like chocolate chip or something and one of my clients shamed me she was like what kind of cookies you make I was like I think we're gonna do like chocolate chip she's like oh you're boring that's so boring do something else like and she mentioned snickerdoodles so we did that super fun Cookies are out. Put some chocolate milk out for Santa because, you know, Santa deserves chocolate milk. And, you know, we leave a little note when he writes it, you know, uh, dear Santa. I think it just said Merry Christmas, love, Grayson and Daddy. And then so he goes to bed. I eat the cookies. Obviously, I leave some crumbs. I leave a little bit of, you know, tiny little bit of chocolate milk at the bottom of the thing. And then I flip over his note and I write from Santa. Dear Grayson, thank you for my milk and cookies. Um, you know, you've been a good boy. Merry Christmas or something like that. So first thing in the morning, I hear like a little walking over into my room. He jumps on my bed. It's motherfucking Christmas time, man. So we run downstairs and uh, he's just like, whoa, smiling ear to ear. It was so nice. He jumps on the Totoro bed and he's like, wow, 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 and gets presents. And the first one he opens, uh, <coughs> excuse me, was this, um, the thing that he had asked for. He just happened to pick that one, which was like a, a Batman figure that he had seen a long time ago. Uh, he calls it Batman with armor, but it's the Hellbat suit. Darkseid in the comics, Darkseid takes, is it Tim Drake? Damien, I think he takes Damien's, Damien's dead at this point. He takes his body to Apocalypse, you know, planet full of lava, and Batman goes to get it back. So he has to wear this suit so he doesn't die. And it's just a badass-looking figure. And anyway, so he got it, and he's like, whoa! He's freaking out. And then, you know, the rest of the toys, we got, like, walkie-talkies and, uh, you know, some clothes and some books. And then all day, we just laid in that fucking bed, that Totoro bed, watching movies. And... We watch a couple and I'd be like, do you want to go downstairs and watch on the big TV and cuddle on the couch? And he was just like, nope, <laughs> I want to stay here. So we did. And we watched, um, we watched Soul, that new Pixar movie, which is like so amazing, so beautiful. And I mean, yes, there are people who are making comparisons to Inside Out and there certainly are um, thematically some things that are similar, you know, growing and letting go and loss and death. Um, but it's, it's such a beautiful movie. And the animation style is, you know, it's about jazz, essentially. The main character, it's not about jazz, but the main character is a jazz musician and a jazz music teacher at, at a high school or middle school. And um, so there's a lot of music in it. He's a piano player. And, the, you know, we're watching it and like, I guess technically that was the 25th. I'm getting my timeline mixed up. Before he left in the morning, he was with me for 
a while. So anyway, we're watching it and he's like kind of playing with those toys while it's while we're watching it. And then there's a scene right in the beginning where the he's a teacher and he's talking to his students about jazz and he's describing the uh, kind of the moment he fell in love with music and what it did to him. And he starts playing piano. And music's so good in this movie. And then in the movie, he's just like, he just fucking gets in the zone. He's playing this beautiful jazz piano, a little bit of classical influence. Like, it's just so gorgeous. And I look over, and my son is just transfixed. He's not playing with the toys. He's not looking anywhere else. He's just staring and just enraptured in his body, you know, when you're like that, especially when you're a kid and your body kind of like sinks and your head tilts up and you just, you, you kind of get tunnel vision and you dive in. And, you know, as a parent, it was amazing, but as a musician parent, it was just like everything I wanted for him to experience. You know what I mean? Like I, he doesn't have to be a musician. He doesn't have to, you know, just cause I am, he doesn't have to be. Um, we have instruments all around the house and, um, you know, he, he, he fucks around with them. He bangs on my guitars or he has little drums and little pianos and I'll bring out my keyboard. He likes playing with the synth stuff. Uh, he's got a harmonica, you know what I mean? Like the music is around all the time, but he doesn't have to do it. I don't care. But why it was so exciting is I know what that feeling is. You know, a lot of people do. You don't have to be a musician to understand that, but, uh, it helps. So just to watch him, and he he may not register, I don't know, he may not register it. I didn't want to like question him about it. I just wanted to let him be in that moment. But man, it was beautiful to watch. Um, it's just so sweet to see. And so we had the best time. We also watched uh, watched Elf for the first time. The first time he had seen it, first time I had seen it. And when that movie started, I was like, uh, I don't know, this is going to be rough. And then before I knew it, I was like, this movie's fucking great. <laughs> I really love it. It's so good. I cried at the end when they all start singing a fucking Santa Claus song. I started crying. Um, it was great. It was so much fun. And um, we watched something else. We watched like The Croods. That was last week. And uh, they're both great. The second one, even more so. Um, the second one is, is uh, just more about um, family and togetherness, and the the female leads are much stronger. They continuously rescue the male, so it, it was great and it's just beautifully color, like just so colorful. We watched this other movie called um, Wolf Walkers, which was it's based on Scottish folklore. I love. There's a lot of animated films now that are like based on ancient folklore, which I love. It's the best way to tell those stories. And it's also, it provides like, there's such a weight to those things, um, you know, cause they're older and they're, they've evolved over time. And, uh, so yeah, there's a weight to them and it was really good and beautifully animated. Um, kind of like a little bit like of a paper book style, but not, um, not like cut out 3d stuff. It was, it was beautiful. Lots of great movies. So then, uh, you know, we got these walkie-talkies. We're running around playing with walkie-talkies. And he keeps telling me, like, this is my favorite Christmas. And I was like, me too, man. 
So we have a nice long day. We go to bed on the 24th. We'd had our Christmas. The 25th, obviously, um, you know, official Christmas for everybody else. And I have him until like 11 a.m. that day, which is why I don't do Christmas that day. Like we could, he could, but then he'd have to like open all these toys and then leave. And it's a bunch of bullshit. And I hate the way our custody agreement is written, but, you know, she's not great to work with. So I just make do and I'll navigate in a way that's best for him. And that's not about me. So uh, that morning, like early, I'm laying in bed and I hear from his room, which is just across from mine little walkie-talkie noise like he just turned it on so I turned mine on I still got my eyes closed and then I hear hi daddy good morning papa and I recorded some of it let me see if I can play some of it for you um where did I put it Ugh. Ugh. It was the best, man. It was the fucking best. Um, and, you know, it's always awful when he goes and so sad and I hate it, but um, just the best time. Uh, so much fun. So he leaves. And uh, I think I, like, I worked out real quick. I'm trying to do that. Like the second he gets picked up, I try to just work out because otherwise I just... I immediately fall into a pit of despair and I just get buried into my depression. It's, it's, it's a nightmare. So I try to just work out right away and I did. And uh, I'd been talking with a friend of mine, B who Brian, who um, I, I used to have a podcast with the Bombcast, And uh, a lot of our podcast was like talking about movies, talking about music, um, video games, shit like that. So he was like, you got to watch Wonder Woman because it just came out that day. He's like, you got to watch it, man. So uh, I think I watched it that day or maybe the next day. When I say, okay, spoilers for Wonder Woman. If you haven't watched it um, and you don't, if you want to watch it, stop the podcast, go watch it and then come back. We're like 15 minutes in or whatever. When I say that it's not just that it's bad, it's bad, but it's, it's confusingly awful. It doesn't make sense how terrible it is. Like in every aspect of it, nothing about it. I mean, the acting is fine, actually. I'll say that the acting is fine, but like everything else about it is bad. So I'll just start by saying I knew I was in trouble when it starts with her, with Wonder Woman as a little kid. Like that is such a kind of a bullshit trope of sequels, especially to show like this was your hero when they were younger and they're going to learn some bullshit lesson that is going to be super ham fisted later. And sure enough, that's exactly what it is. She's a little, you know, kid, like, I don't know, 
10, 12, 14, whatever. And she's like sneaks into on Themyscira. And I get I get it that they wanted to do more stuff on her island with her culture because in the first movie, that was like one of the most enjoyable parts about it. So they wanted to bring it back. But it's, you know, it's just a few minutes of it in this film. So it's like it's already worthless. And they do it in this way that's like, okay, she's a kid and they're having some kind of like ultimate ninja warrior challenge. But tw- And then she like sneaks into it. Like she's not supposed to be in it, but they just let her do it, I guess, because she snuck in. Okay. She's a kid. Everybody on this island is a fucking superhero. They're all just like perfect athletes and warriors and they're having this contest to see who's the best amongst them. And this child is running faster than adults. Here's a real quick lesson. If there is an adult who is a full-size adult and a kid who is appropriate size for a kid and they're having a race and they're both, you know, the adult is not like handicapped in some way, uh, the adult is going to win every time. Every fucking time. There's no way this child is beating this adult. Especially here when this adult is a superhero. Like everybody has her powers on this place for the most part. So <laughs> she of course is runs faster than all of them. Like her little legs run faster than their giant legs. Okay. She rides horses faster than them. And there's like this stupid thing where they have to like shoot arrows through a thing. And then their colors that they're assigned. And somehow she was assigned colors, even though she wasn't supposed to be in the race. Was she not supposed to be in the race? I don't fucking remember. Whatever. At some point she like drops, she gets knocked off her horse, drops her bow. She just doesn't go back to pick it up for some reason. It's like right there. She just doesn't pick it up. And then she realizes like her horse runs off. She doesn't even call for it. Then everybody else passes her, and then she realizes she could take this little shortcut, get back on her horse, and win. So she does. Now, as I'm watching this, I'm like, oh, so this is going to be a lesson about how resourceful she is. So she ends up winning, and then they don't give her the win. She would have won. She gets grabbed like right before the finish line. She would have won, and they don't give it to her. And then the lesson is like, don't cheat. Like you cheated by going down this little path. And I'm like, there was, you never established a rule that she couldn't do that. And we as the audience never knew that either. And then also, how is it cheating? Then the whole lesson is like, not just, so it, it's a, it's a don't cheat lesson, which they could have shown in any other way, like any other way that would have made more sense and been more applicable to like a lesson that kids should learn. Instead, they do it in this, this bullshit Ninja Warrior challenge. But then, like, it's just the repetition of this person keeps saying to her, like, you're not ready to win. You have to be honest. Like, honesty is the most important thing. Which, one, they don't need to establish because guess what movie we're watching? Wonder Woman. Guess what her whole thing is uh, is all about? Being honest. We know. So they do that. It's fucking horseshit. And it only comes back. I, I don't want to bury the lead. It only comes back later when she's talking to Cheetah. And it's just like, you know, be honest with yourself, essentially. That's it. It's it's fucking nonsense. What is this light on my camera? I don't know. My camera might shut off. Is it getting hot? I don't know what that means. We'll see. Hmm. Well, hopefully this video is still coming through. We'll find out. Um, So then... It had, you know, that whole sequence also had like a real Ben Affleck Daredevil vibe 
where it's like he becomes blind and then all of a sudden he knows wushu and a bunch of you can just flip around and shit. It had that kind of like lameness. So anyway, oh yeah, yeah here's the other thing too. Like all the I say this all the time about these superhero movies, but like they're just not lit. They just basically for most of them they just don't light them and they do all their lighting in CG, which for, to me, unless the movie is CG, it looks like shit. It's just everything is bright. There's no depth, and then they. The color grading on these fucking movies is like, just oversaturate everything and then put a green or blue filter on it. That's how they're coloring shit. Um, and in this movie, I had never been so distracted in a live action movie by the color green. It's like that that color only. Like they just cranked the saturation on the green channel, so it it looks fucking weird. It, but you know. It only applies to like green. There is like a like green tint to apply applied to the whole movie, but in particular, the the green saturation of the green is like maxed out. It's very weird, and it looks terrible. So then it cuts to the year nineteen eighty four. Now, why is that so important? And why is the movie called Wonder Woman nineteen eighty four? No fucking reason. It doesn't matter at all doesn't make a difference for the story. It was very clear that like they saw how successful Stranger Things was and how successful like Ragnarok with like neon and stuff was. And they were just like, we need stuff that's like 80s and has like neon. And that's it. Because that's all, like, people want nostalgia and they want neon. And that's as much as I could say that it mattered to the movie. And so you open on this thing where it's like Wonder Woman. It's like, you know, very cheesy. You're like, okay, I guess I'm going to watch a very campy movie. Like, okay, that can still be good. So Wonder Woman is like swooping in to save people, like rescuing her cat. She's doing like everyday superhero stuff, which is way beneath her in that she's like a god. So she shouldn't be doing this is like Batman level stuff. You know, Batman fights robbers and shit like that. Wonder Woman does not. She shouldn't. So she's doing all this and it's like the whole thing is like incredibly bright and like really bad cheesy music behind it and everything is like just colors and it's, nothing makes any sense. But like she's out in broad daylight. Everybody can see her. And then like there's like a, a robbery from a jewelry store in a mall and you're like, okay. And it's like a really convoluted robbery and Wonder Woman gets in the mall and like takes down the bad guys. But then she like breaks all the cameras so they can't see her. Meanwhile, she's in front of like thousands of people. And then there's a part where like she, she like grabs this little girl who was about to get hurt and she like slides her across the floor to safety and she ties up the bad guy. And then she looks at the little girl and she goes like shh with her finger over the mouth. Like in like don't tell anybody I'm here. <laughs> Bitch, you're in a fucking mall. Like everybody can see you. It, it was just like it made... <laughs> It made no sense. And like every trope, this whole movie is just trope city. Any trope you can imagine, they throw it in. It's bad. Um, like, it, it's it's as bad as Aquaman and Shazam. It's, it is that level bad. I took some notes here. I'm going to look so I don't forget. What, you know, <laughs> I even wrote it down. While I was, I'm not a fan of the Zack Snyder DC movies. Like, I, I don't think they're very good. But watching this made me miss those movies. This made me miss, it made me long for Zack Snyder. Like, if only I could watch a Zack Snyder superhero movie right now instead of this, uh, I would gladly do so. So, 
So then shortly after that, you see Wonder Woman as Diana. What's her name? Prince? Whatever the fuck. She's, I guess she's a curator of a museum. And then you immediately meet Kristen Wiig. I didn't know Kristen Wiig was in the movie. And instantly you're like, oh, they're just copying Selena Kyle from Batman Returns. She's like super nerdy and bumbling. And she seems like super gay for Wonder Woman for no reason. Like she, she's talking to Diana like she like worships her. And she's like asking her out for dinner. It, it makes no sense. Like, what? this is her employee. What the fuck is happening? And she's a scientist. Like, what? what is happening? Like, right away. And then you come to find out, like, okay, she's newly hired also. So, uh, oh, my God. I'm, try, I'm trying not to describe every single scene. So you come to find out that she's, like, researching different artifacts that come in for the museum. And then one of them happens to be this stone, which... Wonder Woman apparently knows what it is because she's like, oh, this is said to be like a wishing stone. And then she inaudibly makes a wish on it. She doesn't know if it's real. She just, I guess, in her head makes a wish on it. Then uh, she fucking goes home or leaves or whatever. She's at a party. I don't remember. But uh, Captain Kirk from the first movie who died at the end of the first movie, spoiler alert, is just alive and he's back. But he's not just back like he his body was or like he he was regenerated and now he's alive for some reason he he is he take his like his spirit or psyche or whatever takes over just some random guy's body with no explanation <laughs> but like for some and then they just go like she sees him as some other guy he says one thing to her about like with the last time they saw each other and then from that point forward, she just sees him as Captain Kirk or um, Chris Pine for the whole movie. She just sees him as Chris Pine. He he's literally in another man's body, and he's just back. They don't say anything. She doesn't even ask any questions. He's just like, "Yeah, I'm here. Let's have sex," and they, which they do immediately. And then they do like. <sighs> I know I'm all over the place. It's been a while since I've podcasted, so I'm very sloppy. Um, and also, I don't know. It's been a long fucking year. So anyway, so they immediately fuck. And the next scene is like, they wake up, she wakes up to him eating crackers in bed. Why? Just so they could make the joke like, oh, I wouldn't kick him out of bed for eating crackers. Like, what the fuck? And then they do like a little, like a, a fashion show montage where he's like trying on different outfits and she's like, yeah, no, it, it, it's <laughs> fucking bananas. In the meantime, uh, Barbara, who will eventually become Cheetah, is like, again, like a bumbling nerd. And uh, she makes a wish on the stone. So it's like Diana knew what this thing was and then just left it. They're like, yeah, whatever. Just keep researching it, even though it's a fucking wish stone so barbara wishes on it and she wishes to be like wonder woman that's her wish i want to be like diana i want to be strong and powerful and everybody notice me and then instantly that's what happens she gets mad strong she's in a gym like lifting a thousand pounds with one hand everybody wants to fuck her now all the scientists she works for are like just fawning over her and uh also all the scientists in this museum they just wear regular clothes. Nobody's got a lab coat on, no gloves, nothing. 
It's very, it's like, what the fuck is happening? A woman in this movie, I mean, there's really only two women in this movie. There's uh, Diana, Wonder Woman, Diana, and then Barbara, who becomes Cheetah. That's basically it. And neither of them can walk three feet without a guy saying, hey, baby, want to fuck? Like something akin to that. It's like, yes, there are a ton of creepy guys. I, I am well aware of that. I'm well aware of women harassed and catcalled. It is not every single man on the street. It's just, it is not that. 100%. Say whatever you want. It's not that. But in this movie, they're at a party. Every single guy is like, I want to fuck you. Audibly. Like, hey. When they're walking down the street, every single guy is like, hey, baby. Every single one. It is ludicrous. So... Uh, Wonder Woman doesn't question why Captain Kirk is alive. He's just alive. I, the bad guy comes in, who's the Mandalorian, uh, Pedro Pascal. And like I said, everybody's acting is fine. It is. They're all doing fine. What they're working with is complete dog shit. So he's like a wannabe oil baron. Like he pretends to be, I guess he's a TV personality who somehow just pretends he wants to be a donor for the museum and he gets like all access to everything for some reason, even though he has no money and he can show no proof of money, they just let him in and like he wants to be a donor. So just give him access to everything. That's it. You can just go to this museum and be like, hey, I want to be a donor. And like, well, come into our most secured area, talk with our highest scientist and the owner, you know, Wonder Woman. So he ends up being like a fraud who's got a son and apparently the son just like wanders around unattended. He's like an eight-year-old kid. There's just no adults. He can just do whatever he wants, apparently. Because he just shows up at the Mandalorian's office and then leaves and then randomly comes back. It, it makes no sense. So the Mandalorian wants to be actually powerful and somehow he knows about the Wishing Stone. That's why he's pretending that he wants to be a donor to this museum, which somehow he knows that the wishing stone is there somehow. And then he goes, finds it, pretends he wants to fuck Kristen Wiig, makes a wish on the stone. And he says he wants to become the stone so he can just grant infinite wishes. Fine. Then they establish later. They don't do this before when you should have, then they're like, Oh yeah. When you make a wish, you have to give up something too. Like the stone takes something from you. So now Pedro Pascal takes something and it's always like, he's getting more powerful. It's just, it's so fucking dumb. Um, so there's a part where like Wonder Woman and Captain Kirk for some reason are like, we need to go to this other country in the Middle East. So we need to steal a jet, not get on a plane. We need to steal a jet. And since Captain Kirk was a pilot uh, in the first Wonder Woman movie and in on the USS Enterprise, um, he knows how to fly a brand new jet, even though he flew planes in World War One. Somehow he knows how to do it. Great. So they take off. Somehow they sneak in to this base undetected. They take off and then like three cars <laughs> start chasing them like on the air, on the tarmac or whatever. Like, don't leave. And then like they park in front of the jet to like, <laughs> I don't know what they thought that was going to do, but whatever. So Steve, he doesn't, he's trying to figure out how to do it or pull up. Maybe it was like a, the distance of the runway. He wasn't able to pull up soon. Anyway, for whatever reason, she happens to mention like, oh, they have radar now so they can track us even if we get into the sky. And in the time it takes 
for the plane to <laughs> travel down the runway and then take off, she tells a little story that her dad um, had a magical power to make things invisible. That's what he did to hide their island. And you're like, <laughs> okay. And she's like, I was never able to do it. I've been in 50 years. I've only been able to do it once. And it was with a coffee cup. And I've never been able to find it again. Then she puts her hands together like this. like She's holding the energy ball. And then open her hand and she makes the plane invisible. The thing she hasn't been able to do in 50 years. And they've never mentioned it. They didn't set this up before this moment. It's immediately before she learns how to do it, she says she's never been able to do it. And then she does it. <laughs> so they take off into the sky. And when the jet turns invisible, the sound goes away too. Like it also becomes silent which doesn't make any sense. And also, a radar is not a camera. It doesn't have to see you to, <laughs> to know where you are. It's picking up like heat signatures or something, right? I'm not a fucking scientist, but like I know for a fact they don't have to physically see you. They don't have to, see, there's not like a camera that's like, I'm a radar, I'm a radar. That's what a camera is. Radar does not pick up visually what they're seeing. They're reading something else. So they get... Uh, into the sky and they end up flying. I guess they go to the where other whatever country, like some Middle Eastern country. So it's like the whole movie is just white savior shit, like all over the place. This is a very good example um, because it's like she's okay. Years back, there was like this story that was real of like the Israeli army bombing these like four little kids that were playing in the road like on Gaza or something like that something like that forgive me for not knowing the full details but it was something like that horrific um you know and and Gal Gadot is Israeli and she's also been very openly supportive of the Israeli military which is like pretty disgusting um in this movie there's a scene where it's like uh, whatever oh they go to find so they go to find uh the mandalorian in this country they just happen to know he's he's gone there and then they just happen to drive past him on the road <laughs> they like hire a taxi instead of just renting a car they just hire a taxi and then they like they want to drive around so they kick the taxi driver out they just give him like 100 bucks and kick him out on the side of the road in the middle of the desert and they take the car crazy they see the mandalorian driving the opposite way they chase him there starts being like a gun battle between the military guys and Wonder Woman and Captain Kirk, which is like, why did you bring Captain Kirk here anyway? Like, he, he's just a guy. What, I mean, what are you going to... So anyway, at some point, these military guys shoot a missile and it's going to hit these four little kids playing in the road. And her, Wonder Woman, an Israeli woman, like grabs the missile with her lasso and then like saves, flies on the missile and then diverts it and then saves the kids. People are really up in arms about it, and I get rightfully so. It's it's white savior bullshit, and it's also like, you know, the Israeli soldier saving the kids. It when in actuality, these Israeli soldiers murdered these children. It's pretty fucked up, um, and like the whole movie is that. The whole movie is just like white savior or like man saving woman. Like that. That's my problem with the first Wonder Woman. Aside from the third act being so bad, was like this idea that she's supposed to be this educated, strong, amazing person and warrior and scholar. And yet in the first movie, she's like constantly like, what's an umbrella? What is this clothes? I don't understand anything. Like, it's always like the fish out of water story. It's like, she, 
she's supposed to know all of this shit. And then like Steve Rogers, not Steve Rogers, that's Captain America. Captain Kirk has to teach her all these things as the man. And then at the end, the ultimate sacrifice to save the world is made by him as well, even though she's doing all the fighting. Not to mention like they had to say, I love you before they were able to fuck. It's like, it's a bunch of bullshit. So in this movie, he keeps saving her too. He keeps teaching her right from wrong. He keeps telling her how to do the right thing. She was literally raised on this. She should already know and do. And and I know I'm all over the place. <clears throat> so um, that's just, that shit is everywhere. They never establish that wishing has a price. That just kind of comes up. Multiple times in my notes here, I wrote, what the fuck is going on? Um then, okay, at some point, you go, okay, like, so she made a wish for Captain Kirk to come back. Great. Then you start seeing, like, oh, she's losing her powers. They don't make it, like, a like a point of contention. It's just kind of like, oh, I guess she's not strong, I, I guess, that's happening. Then it they flat out say it, like, oh, yeah, if you make a wish, you lose whatever's most important to you. So it's like, I guess that's her powers, even though the thing that was most important to her was Captain Kirk, whatever. Um, so while they're in the plane, I forgot, they're flying and she is commenting on how amazed she is by his talent as a pilot. He's not doing anything except for flying a plane. And in the first movie, he maybe flew a plane once or twice. And again, he just flew it normally. And she's saying, like, I'm so amazed by your gift. And he's then talking about how he's, like, one with the wind. It's a bunch of garbage. It's fucking malarkey. Because, like, he doesn't do anything that anyone who went to pilot school and applied themselves wouldn't also be able to do. It's a learned skill. He's demonstrated no sort of predisposition to flying. But she's making it sound like it. So he goes on this whole thing about, like, you know... Uh, being one with the wind cut to, you know, the Mandalorian is like making everybody make wishes. So he's getting all their power, I guess. Um, but that power is also killing him. Why? Who knows? Who fucking knows? And, uh, Barbara is becoming like super aggressive cause she's got all this power. And like the, the part where they, make her turn over to like evil earlier in the movie. She gets like almost, she gets attacked and presumably almost raped by this guy. And wonder woman saves her. It's before she makes the wish later. She sees that Barbara as after she now has all this power, sees that same guy who attacked her on the street and she beats the shit out of him. And like, that's where they're trying to tell you that like, Oh, she's turning evil. Cause she attacked this guy, but this guy almost raped her. She, like, she should have attacked him with power. Like, fuck that guy. Beat the shit out of him. I mean, it's not weird that... Uh, so the Mandalorian is talking to everybody, trying to get all this power. And at some point, they just randomly throw out, like, oh, you only get one wish. So Barbara's already made a wish. Uh, I'm, I'm jumping all over the place. At a certain point, the Mandalorian goes... I need to go talk to the president of the United States to get him to make a wish so <laughs> that I can have all of his, so then I can be as powerful as the president. When it's like, you can literally grant wishes. You're more powerful than a president. Okay, so he goes and there's like a, you know, pseudo Ronald Reagan type president. 
and it's in that time. So and the president is like, like basically like a little bitch, like right away. And there's some guy who he's never met is like, I'll grant you a wish. And the president's like, just give me more nukes. So he gets a bunch of nukes. But like no point in the movie before that did things just manifest if you asked for them. Like you couldn't be like, I want a million dollars and there's a million dollars in your lap. That's not, that's not the world they've established. So now all of a sudden everybody's listening to the Mandalorian. Like, oh, you're, you're the president. There's a fight in the White House. Somehow um, Wonder Woman and Captain Kirk are in there beating everybody up. And then Barbara now comes in. Now she's like full bad. Like she's, the, excuse me. She's the cheetah, I guess. She's not like a cheetah yet. Spoiler alert. Um, she saves the Mandalorian. They go off in a plane together. And Wonder Woman's powers are basically shit. She's getting beat the fuck up. In the plane, Mandalorian is like talking to Barbara. And he's like, you know, I'm feeling generous. I'm going to grant you a wish. No strings attached. Which is like, you can just do that? You just established that you only get one wish. So she goes, I want to be an apex predator. Like nothing anybody's ever seen. And then later she's revealed as the cheetah. Uh, here's a fucking newsflash. <laughs> the cheetah is not the apex predator. When you think of apex predator, it's not a fucking cheetah. It's a predator. And, you know, on a scale, like there is, you know, even in the in the desert or the jungle, where the fuck it is, the Sahara, whatever the fuck, it's not the top predator. So anyway, she comes out as a cheetah with really wonky, like uncanny valley CGI. But at this point, the Mandalorian has gone into a bunker to make a broadcast as the president. Uh, okay. And like, he's talking to everybody, but not only is he broadcasting, like the broadcast shows up on computer screens that were like, had like MS DOS on them. And now all of a sudden they're broadcasting television and the broadcast is around the world. Like he's as a president of the United States, he's interrupting like uh, TV shows in China and fucking Russia and Ireland like it, it makes no sense and he tells everybody to make a wish and then everybody around the world just starts making a wish and for some reason even though he's in this little bunker on a TV screen he can hear them and he's getting all of their power then all of a sudden the world starts falling apart it's like seconds away from nuclear holocaust Russia is going to fire at the US US is going to fire at Russia people are beating the shit out of each other in the street just because they made some wishes it's fucking it makes no sense Wonder Woman defeats uh, cheetah in some bullshit like gold armor that they kind of just throw in oh yeah this used to be like someone powerful and then she just grabs the Mandalorian but every time the Mandalorian hears a wish there's like wind so like the wind knocks Wonder Woman back like wind is too strong fuck I forgot about the flying okay so I mentioned the thing about Captain Kirk teaching her that he loves to fly because of the wind at some point when the world is falling apart Steve Rogers, uh, Captain Kirk is like, you can't hold on to me as long as I'm around. You don't have any powers. You got to let me go. No, 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 don't go. I have to go. She just turns the corner and then instantly has her powers back and they never show what happens to Captain Kirk. He just like, goes away. <laughs> so she jumps and like latches onto a plane and then she's like soaring through the sky and she's about to fall and then she just hears what he said. They repeat it. They replay it. What he said about wind and then she just fucking starts to fly and that's how she learns to fly. Captain Kirk taught Wonder Woman how to fly. Cut back to the bunker. She's like, uh, Mandalorian, don't be mean. Be nice. And he's like, no, I can't. I got to be evil. And she's like, be nice. What about your son? And then he's like, you're right. I should be nice. And he just runs out of the bunker. Now in the next cut, he's like back in the city 
in the middle of a park and his son just happens to be in the middle of the park. He grab each other and and he's like, daddy's a, a dumb loser. Like what he said. It's just like, so they never, oh fuck, I gotta get off. The camera's about to die, a bunch of shit. So they never describe anything about anything. It's the worst <laughs> fucking movie. It just, it makes no sense. I know that was really scattered. Thank you for sticking with me if you did. Um, fuck, I wanted to talk about more shit. This camera is going to die. I'll do another podcast and talk about more shit. Uh, like and subscribe on iTunes. Like and subscribe on YouTube. Review, rate and review all that shit. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be doing this every week again. Uh, thanks for joining me. I'll see you next time. Peace.